Yet again, one of my brothers-in-law has helped shape and change my life. My brother-in-law, one of my brothers-in-law, shaped my life by suggesting a book that has had a great impact on me already and I'm not even finished with it yet. I'm about 70% done. But it's one of those books where you take notes and notes and notes and there's little nuggets. And if you try to listen too fast or read too fast, you miss some great truths. It's one of those books that if you listen to it over and over again, it's worth it. Now, there is some language in the book, so I'm not a big fan of that, but I am a big fan of the truths that are in it, and I've not seen a book this powerful about relationships since uh, some of the books that I talked to talked about earlier, uh, books about conflict resolution and such. So this book, The Art, Lost Art of Listening, is not new. It's been around for oh, 15, 20 years, something like that. But here's some of the truths that I've learned from it. And don't let the title mislead you. It's not just about listening. Although if that was the only thing you bettered in your relationship, the only thing I bettered, it would be, it would be worth the read. It'd be worth just applying that one principle. I think listening is perhaps one of the top four or five things that's important in marriage. There's many things that make great marriage great, but love, forgiveness, listening, some of these things that take time and represent a fundamental shift in our behavior, not just our behavior, our character. These things are vital. So the lost art of listening is actually more about relationships than anything. And not just the thriving together with husband and wife or with, with parents and their children. Those are fundamental. But this book is one of the few that I've discovered that really, without a lot of psychobabble, it goes into how we can have better relationships with parents. And I think this is, it's really, really good uh, information here. So here's some of the things I want to share that I've learned so far from this amazing book. Empathy is part intuition and part effort. Here's another one. It takes two people to share an emotion, one to tell and one to listen. In other words, emotion's not really shared until there's a listener really listening carefully. Again, as you probably remember from before, it's not listening to change. It's just listening to listen. Being listened to shapes us. And not being heard or listened to twists us. Have you ever felt like you're in an emotional, uh, I guess, a, kind of like a, a towel, All you know, when you wrap a towel and you kind of get it tight, like you're going to whip it or something, that uh, you feel all tight and twisted. Often when we feel that way, it's because we haven't been heard. I wrote down that the intent of the message equals the impact of the message. Uh, was, as we listen, we should suspend self. I'm familiar with someone that for years and years, as I watch this person, they often had their own personal narrative, not just lined up, but really, re really ready to go and articulated in their mind before the other person stopped speaking and they wanted to be heard. There are times this book teaches us that where you're kind of one out, you know, you're talking to a friend perhaps and they, they talk, you talk, and it's kind of, you know, they do 50% of the talking, you do 50%. But oftentimes we're talking to a child or we're talking to someone who's frustrated or angry. And so it might be more 10 parts to one. They're doing a lot of the talking and we're just listening. And then when we restate, again, something, something I learned from here is you don't restate just what's been said. You try to, and, not, and you don't restate to show how well you're listening. You're restating 
to understand and to make sure that you are clarifying. So here's some other things that I've learned. Um, it's not differences of opinion that in hot topics and cause challenges, but it's rather the emotions that causes it. So in other words, when we're, when someone's got a difference of opinion with us, or we're going to talk about a hot topic, politics, sex, religion, whatever, it's the emotions that we have to be careful of. It's not those differences of opinion. If we're willing to be uh, in self-control, not deny, but self-control, that can help out a lot. When you speak with emotional chargedness, it ensures that your audience will not listen. So uh, something else I was reminded of on this or taught, it's not what we say often, it's how we say it. I know that I tend to have a lot of emotion, a lot of excitement, and if I let that come out too much, and I need to be my own person, but I also don't need to talk in such a way that it's impossible for someone to listen because they don't want to, because it's so emotionally charged. I'm familiar with some really good friends, relatives that when they talk, it's not methodic, boring, but it's measured. And I guess that's the point. Measured communication, thoughtful. The timing sometimes is fast, sometimes slow, but it should be measured, not just erratic and emotional. Feelings are facts to those experiencing them. It's easy, I think, sometimes to for those of us that might want to be more factual, that we are, are numerically based and scientific and mathematical. And so we might discount others' feelings, thinking that they're not real facts. But they are to those experiencing them. And they need to be heard, not so they can be refuted, but so they can allow people to be heard. How about using the phrase, tell me more, and meaning it? How about this one when it comes to parenting? Changing your, parent, changing your relationship with your parents doesn't mean changing them, but rather changing your reactions to them. Accept people for who they are, and you will not have to keep changing them. And here's the final one I'll share. Self-restraint, not self-denial. We're not in communication. We're not trying to deny ourselves, but we're supposed to show restraint. It's kind of the thermostat or thermometer. Do we just get heated up real easily, or are we able to control the situation? And it takes practice. Uh, I guess here's the final thing I'll say. The This author of this amazing book says that the final exam that we have in listening and in communication to relationship is often with our parents. The final exam. So if you feel like, oh man, I'm doing really well with my spouse, or I'm doing really well with my kids, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're, you're somewhere along the spectrum. But if you're really struggling with your parents, don't feel horrible about it. Oftentimes we have baggage from the past. And that's the final exam, is seeing what we can do to really have self-control, to really listen without seeking to change, all of that. I hope you have a thriving relationships with your parents, with your spouse, with your children. And I hope this book plays a part. Good luck. <laughs>